Um, I want to go to John chapter 6 today, the feeding of the 5,000, and hit that one more time or walk around that some. Um, as, <laughs> Brad, I never recognize you. Good to have you with us. <laughs> you, you're doing good. <laughs> We're great, grateful to have you guys here sharing with us. I'm going, I probably should know that guy. <laughs> yeah, it just takes me a while. <laughs> um, wandering around. One of our illustrious members, who shall not be named today, when they were in college, made the decision that they would rather go without shoes and wear sandals all into the winter so they could buy a duck decoy whose wings moved. And they used that all fall for hunting, but it was much more important than wearing shoes in the snow. Um, and yet, as I look at that, I don't think they would make that decision now. There are certain decisions that we, over time, just tend to say, you know, just not the same, you know? And we kind of grow out of those things and we start locking in on certain behaviors. And I feel like what this feeding of the 5,000 does is that it challenges natural decisions. It challenges ordinary things. It goes after what we would assume are we would take as natural limitations, we learn to function within that box, and we say, okay, this is a decision of discipline and wisdom because I know I only have this much. And yet there's something in this story that calls to us and says, there are moments when spiritual wisdom separates itself from natural wisdom. Generally, the, the natural wisdom is seeing how things operate and functioning within that, and that's appropriate for most of life. But there's something inside of us that needs to be calling out and saying, God, is this what you want even now? Because there are times when it varies. And I think this story speaks to that. Uh, Jesus had taken his disciples and gone, it says, to the other side of the lake, basically he was getting out of town for a little bit because there were people all around, but a huge crowd followed him. And they're, they're all caught up in the miracles, and they're going, this is amazing. Let's just see where this goes. And so they get into this wilderness area, and they're on this edge of the mountain, and, and you know he's teaching and training and speaking life, and, and there are good things happening. But when it comes to this moment where everybody's getting hungry, it probably would be appropriate just to say, you know, go find something. Let's, it was a great day. And Jesus goes to one of the disciples, Philip, and he says, uh, you know, what if we bought them bread? Now, it says that Jesus was testing him because he knew what he was going to do. But even in that, there's a kind of throwing out what's the normal thing if you're going to try to provide for people. Go buy. And it's, it's almost setting Philip up to, to not think any wider. But Jesus is 
is making him aware, you know, if I do something here, it's going to be way bigger than what you normally would think because, you know, it costs more money than what we have. And I guess there are times you have to say, well, how often are my decisions purely financial? How often do I assume this is the will of God because this is what I can afford? And there, if anything comes out of this, maybe we need to be saying, Lord, this is what it looks like I can afford. What do you want? You know, that just taking that moment to take it another level, just say, what are your desires? I mean, this is what I see in my temporal vision. This is what I see, but what are you wanting? Because Philip just goes, ah, you know, it costs way more money than what we've got. And so it's that quick dismissal of like, oh, it's a, it's a pleasant thought. Be wonderful if we could take care of this group. You know, be icing on the cake. It'd be just, you know, a tremendous banner for the day, but yeah, it's not going to happen. And then, then Andrew, he's, you know, another disciple, well, there's a boy here with a couple of fish and a few loaves. And again, Andrew's going, you know, maybe there's a seed thought, but it's like, this, this, there's not enough here either. Maybe he's remembering the, the water turned to wine. I, I don't know, but it's, again, it's kind of just stating the impossible. And then Jesus says, well, have everybody sit down. And it says he knows what he's going to do. And they, they follow through and they, they seed everyone. And then he begins breaking the fish and loaves into pieces, and, and everyone gets fed. And there's an awareness that there were a lot of people, 5,000 men, and who knows how many women and children. So it, it, it's astounding what takes place. But I guess when I'm, I'm looking at that, and there's an awareness, God isn't limited in the way that we are in the amounts that we see, and there are times when he calls us to more than what we even know is possible. But in this, it's like we grow up, and there's limited. My, my brothers and I, um, we kind of assumed that if it was on the table, it was there to be eaten. And if you got ahead of the other, they never caught up. You know, they, they, that was just the selfishness that we functioned in as kids. And it was like, if it was pancakes, it was like, if I can get a little ahead of you and get into that next one, or French toast, mom can't keep up. So, you know, I'm just going to get, you know, I'm ahead. And if it runs out, sorry. That was kid think, right? But you also come to this understanding there's only so much bread in the house. There's only so much that's going to be cooked. And then you also grew up with this idea that, well, I, I'd like a new shirt or a new pair of pants. And the folks say, well, yeah, I would too. <laughs> You'll get them when we decide it's time. 
and you you grow up with a certain awareness of limitation, right? And then you begin to incorporate it in your own life because you're going, you know, I can either <laughs> buy the decoy or buy shoes. And, and we set the priority. And that's, that's all well and good. Except there are moments when spiritual insight moves in a different direction. And it calls us to things that are beyond our reach. And there has to be a willingness to say, in God, this is possible, so God, what do you want? And I, I'm challenged by this because normally I'm, I'm looking at the, the wallet or the account, you know, We've even got where we can check it on the phone. It's amazing. Char checks it on the phone. I ask her what's in. <laughs> I don't want to paint the wrong picture. I'm not that savvy. Um, but in that, those decisions keep getting made, and generally they're appropriate. But there are moments where we have to say, okay, but God, what are your desires? I mean, how often have, have you been in a situation where you say, I'd really like to help this person out, but I have a choice. I'm either going to buy this for myself or I'm going to give this to them. And you have that moment, and it's appropriate to say, God, is this, is this desire to help something that is rooted from me, or is this something you're wanting? Because there are times when it, we're really not even called to help the need that, that we see. But there are other times where it's like, yeah, I want you to do this. And yes, it's going to cost you some. But it's, it's still the right choice. After they gather everything up and it's shown that there's abundance... I mean, that's kind of the whole idea of this, right? Our God can do things in abundance, that he's not limited by amounts like we are. So that, you know, when I, I look at this and I'm going, there was enough for everyone. There was more than enough for everyone. So when something good happens to one of my friends, I don't have to say, oh, man, I wanted that. But God might have it for me as well. Or the same God that gave abundantly to them is the God that I'm serving. So that means that the abundant God has abundance for my life as well. Now, lest we just take that into the financial side, when the people caught sight of this abundance, they immediately say, let's make him king. This is awesome. And Jesus refuses it and goes off because he knows that even in abundance from the Father, he's walking to the cross. So his decisions about life are different than just having an accumulation of things around him, but he's actually taking this to a whole other level because he's recognizing that his desire is that people would know life in its fullness, including eternal life. 
And so that it's more than money, it's more than just having a good time financially, but it's, it's recognizing that the fullness of life that he offers has a, a, a quality that goes way beyond anything that we look at in the natural. And, and so he's walking to the cross, he's making decisions in the Father that are, are pulling away from any kind of temporal joy. But he's recognizing that the value of it goes way beyond what would be happening if he just were to keep feeding them. And so again, we look at it and go, if I were to make these decisions in the Lord, sometimes it isn't even a a stretch to, to do something that will seem better temporally, but it actually might be taking a step that lowers me and takes away from temporal joy. There are times when God may call you to do something for someone else that it actually stings, but it's absolutely the right decision. There are times when it may not involve another, but it's still something of investment of your life where you're going, this isn't my first choice, but this is still exactly what God is calling me to. But even in that, there's an awareness that God works it for good, for eternal good, even though the decision in the moment is not going to bring the joy that we would like to live in. And, and so that wrestling through of this and looking at it and say, I serve in a God of abundance, but it's not just the temporal abundance that I, I'm used to thinking about. But the abundance of eternal life is such that I can walk with joy even into um, times of lack and know that he is with me. The peace that I can have even when circumstances seem to be falling apart is more than what I would have if just everything was in place. The joy that I can have in serving him and giving out of myself is something that is going to, that can't be defined in the natural, but it's still there. And so, you know, I, I look at this and they, they came to the conclusion this might be the prophet that Moses spoke about. This might be the one. And yet they didn't understand the full ramifications of it. They were happy about the big to-do. They were happy about the joy of the moment, but they, didn't, they weren't seeing far enough ahead. So then coming back to our situation, it's like, I know that you're a God of abundance, so I can trust you to provide abundantly for me in whatever circumstance I'm in. And I know that that abundance may include temporal financial blessing, but it's not the full picture. But the abundance that you have is something that is anchored in me that gives life and it keeps giving life. It's going to give life in my relationships. It's going to give life around me, but it also is going to take me into eternity with you. And so we, we walk into the moment and we go, what do you want, Lord? What's your desire in this moment? 
If we've bathed ourselves in the scripture, we understand the principle, but there's still that, what are you saying in the spirit even now? There's one story where Jesus references this feeding of the 5,000. It's an intriguing story because they're in a boat. They apparently forgot to take bread along with them. So it means all of them are going to be hungry. And there's some kind of arguing about who dropped the ball on this. And it appears that nobody's, they're hungry. They're not happy. And there's kind of some blame going on, and, and Jesus going, you little faith, what, you, didn't you, you saw me feed the others. Now, it doesn't say that he provided food in this instance. But in some ways he's saying, if needed, I would provide the food. But it appears that he's going to let everyone stay hungry in that moment. But he also, he gives them a, a teaching. He said, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And they're going, what's he talking about? You know, he's, he's alluding to, you know, you're all caught up in bread. And he's saying, well, you know, they have all their rules. But that, it just has a different twist. But he they eventually get it. He's talking about the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And, you know, there were rules about how much, how to do the bread, how to have the yeast and all the rest. And they, they got caught up maybe in the minutiae. We're not clear of that. But what's coming, what Jesus is saying is you have two groups of people. You have the Pharisees that developed a batch of laws off, or, off of the spiritual principles and they said, life has to operate within these parameters. And so there's a danger that you and I, we get the principle and we say, okay, that means this, this, and this. This is what we do. You know, we, normally we act in a physical, responsible way because that's what mature people do and that's appropriate and this is the sign of Christian maturity. We, we took the Dave Ramsey course, and it's all good. And there may be moments when we have to say, but what do you want, God? He's saying, beware of developing law in a way that doesn't really include what God's asking. The other side of the coin are the Sadducees who didn't believe in the supernatural. So... They are essentially functioning in religious unbelief. So they don't think God gets involved in anything or would do anything for you or participate with you in anything. So it's just like, make the right choice and move on. And Jesus is saying, both sides of the coin are, are, are missing it. So how do you and I walk in faith? We have to look at things and say, Lord, what's your choice here and now? And that's, that's, to me, the essence of what this story is. So it's natural for us to plan around natural limitations, but it is not necessarily the same as spiritual understanding. 
The two generally function together, but not always. That's why we ask, God, what do you want? And the fact that Jesus was not bound by the normal is something that we have to be aware there are times when the supernatural takes place. The people were amazed at Jesus healing others. And there was a, a want to see that in every situation. And in us, it's the same. I want to see powerful dynamic every time we get together. That's my hope. But it's easy to get caught up in the dynamic over the actual what's God speaking. And what is my relation, what's he calling me to in my relationship? And so I have to discern what's he want in this moment. Sometimes it is healing, which is awesome. Sometimes it's supernatural blessing in finance, which is incredible. Sometimes it's neither. <laughs> and yet it's walking toward a cross. And that's supernatural as well. And so the choice has to be, God, what are you speaking now? So I pray for each one here that when we encounter decision time, <laughs> that we just say, Lord, I need to know. I need your understanding so that I'm, I'm sure that I'm walking by faith, not just by sight. Praise to God. I'd like to pray for God's blessing upon you. What remains is open-ended. May your blessing rest on these, your people. May they know the fullness of favor that you intend for their lives. And discover with joy what it is to walk in your presence. I ask as each one goes into the community that you'll give them words of life to speak over others. Enable them to carry out the workings of your kingdom. Gift them with the supernatural. Be lifted up and exalted, our Lord, we pray. We love you this day. Amen. Amen.